Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside of your business. Today, we're actually going to be continuing our good financial management episode as part number two. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, head over to Facebook and join the Full Stack Business Owner Community Facebook group and continue the conversation with us over there. But before we dive into part number two, Charlie, let's cue your infamous disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually hear part number two of the episode that Charlie and I actually recorded. It just ran extremely long. So uh, let's drop it in right now. You are actually, you're, you're on fire now. So I don't want to, I, I want to keep fueling this fire. I'm going to keep putting, uh, what is it? Redwood stoking your fire. Let's go there. So every, so I'm going to move from profit first and sort of the barefoot investor. Cause I'm curious, like people listening to this, they're going, uh, okay, well, I am doing profit first, or maybe I don't have the greatest financial sort of structure in place at the moment. Maybe, and I always think of things in scales. Maybe they're looking at it going, I'm a four out of a 10 now. And only thanks to your awareness, I thought I was a nine out of 10, but now I'm a four out of 10. Um, In their situations, like if they were going to improve and going to actually have good financial management, what do you see as like the first step that they should take now that we've kind of shut all over profit first a bit? Yeah. So, um, okay. So coming back to something that I think would actually be really helpful for people. And this is where I'd go is the first off is like the acknowledgement that finance and financial management as a skill is critical and essential, not something you can put off if you want to achieve a higher level of business. And you can frame this in every way you want. It's like, if you're in a country, you want to learn the full language. Yep. If you're, it's your health, you want to understand not just the diet, you need to understand exercise, sleep, the whole range of things so you can actually get a good result here. So I think acknowledgement of this is a skill you want to master, not use a silver bullet for, step one. Yep. Okay. Then the second thing that would come from that is recognizing that there's already a great system out there. Like the accounting system that exists is phenomenal. You just want to find the way to apply that to you, right? So I'll use some analogies and some frame-ups here. Like I'll use business ones in this example. The difference between what a e-commerce business needs with a supply chain logistic versus someone who has an education company that's um, very high margin and no stock versus someone who's trying to sell their business versus someone who's trying to get cash flow from their business, all of them are different models and goals that would require different financial management. Completely. Yeah, so you've got to look to that. And I'll use health as the example here. A 50-year-old mum who wants to lose five kilos, very different health system required than a 20-year-old male who wants to put on five kilos. We couldn't apply one system to them. Like what they require, even though the the tools are all there, how they use the tool of uh, health system, just like finance system, would be very, very different. So I think the step two to this is going – What's your actual goal, right? So going through, well, where am I trying to go strategically? And then what's my situation? 
Like what am I as a business that, and where does this go and where does that apply? Yeah, and it, <laughs> the amount of times that I see people have a goal that does not match their business model. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to have the profit of a coaching business in my e-com and I'm like, what? Because of that exact point where they're just like, well, this is what other people do, right? And I've, I've had conversations around this over the last couple of days where people are saying, oh, I've heard that your profit's really high. Um, how do I apply that to my business? And the, the actual underlying point is what you were mentioning, which is the business model. Like you can have a goal that doesn't match your business or your business model. And so the only thing that you need to understand is that it's not aligned. And then the better question is, what am I going to do about it? It is just not, it's not one thing that applies to all of it. Um, and I will tack on the top of this is for people who are listening, it also applies to personal. So if you're property investing, whether it's in residential, commercial, or if you're doing shares or whatever, it's the same, right? You can apply the same logic of like, what is my goal, which I typically start with first. And the second one is like, what is the business model that supports that goal? Because if it's not aligned, then it, it would never match. But the final piece that I will say, just to riff off the points that you were mentioning, is it's not a set and forget. These things will continue to evolve over time. You can start out looking to scale as a goal. You can go, I want to get to a million dollars in revenue. Or if you were thinking about, hey, what profit? I want to get to $100,000 a year in profit. Great. Like scale. Like your goal is scaling through your business model. And then after you've achieved that, what do you want next? What are you trying to achieve after that? Uh, and and the one other point is continuing to improve. Uh, continue to e- improve your education, which goes back to your very, very, very first point. You kind of just don't stop learning around these things as well. Um, yeah. So, and we've done topics on goals and stuff like that before, Charlie. So after I've defined my goal, after I've matched it to my business model, where to from here? Yeah. So the next step. Uh, I would say in that is going to your bookkeeper and accountant and making them aware this is what you're actually trying to do. So if your bookkeeper and accountant don't know that you're trying to extract a certain amount of profit, grow to a certain size, sell the business, like how can you expect them to be helpful in you achieving it? So what you go to the gym, personal trainer's got no idea what your goals are. How would you expect them to help you? Yeah. Same analogy, right? It's like a, a tease up here. Now, I, this is where it's really interesting. Like maybe we're very fortunate. We have great finance people around us. I doubt it though. Every bookkeeper and accountant I speak to, right, would be more than willing to help the business owners do better here and see their clients win. And even if you had to pay them for an hour of their time each to go through this and get a good system set up so they can give you that support in being stronger in financial management, then I think that would be really good. So I say get the team on board. That's the next component. Then uh, the last part of that is then getting reporting in place where every month you can go to your reporting and make this all kind of work. So that would be how I would view it. So once you've spoken to your accountant and bookkeeper here, got your reporting and metrics and everything set up so you can actually start accurately measuring this stuff, now we're in a position where you have the ability to do like a monthly process to actually financially manage your business well. And I'm going to bring this back to fitness because, I, again, I think analogies help when we come to finance. Everyone kind of gets it when you go to fitness. If you go, all right, well, I know I'll just use myself. I'm a, a male in my 30s and I'm trying to put on a couple of kilos. That's my goal. 
great. I'm going to go to the gym and find a personal trainer. I'm going to tell them my goals, right, and sh- get them to show me what a good result looks like in here. Like how do I do the thing? What's the workouts? What's the nutrition? And then I'm going to find out what the right things are to measure week on week or month on month so that I can make sure that this is all kind of working for me and I'm going to develop these skills within it. When the goal changes or when the circumstance changes, I'm going to redo this. I'm, I'm no longer trying to sell my business. I'm trying to get the cash out of it. And then the process of good financial management is then com- is, all becomes about comparing, measuring and comparing. So yep. um, I know I'm probably jumping between topics here and people may have questions here or Grant, feel free to jump in where I'm uh, too passionate. But this is where I then look at the back of it of going like, what does good financial management look like? It's just like a good health system looks like. Like it's yeah. the same type of thing we apply in business. So uh, I might just say what I do personally here. Dive in because that's yeah. exactly what I've got next because yeah. there's a couple of other points I'm going to add to what you were just saying. Okay, so I, I've got all of these like mechanisms set up. At the end of every month or the start of a new month, the first part of my financial system is like and good financial management is getting the reports. I get three reports, a cash flow report, a P&L or income statement, and then a balance sheet. Right, So I go through those reports and the first thing I do on those reports is I make sure I compare them to the previous month to see what the difference is. Now, if you're in a different business that maybe you measure in quarters or need to measure in years, that will be different. Again, I'm, I can't resist why Profit First doesn't necessarily work in this circumstance. If you're a toy company, you might only make money at Christmas. The rest of the <laughs> year, you lose money. <laughs> How you financially manage a company that only has like one profitable month and the rest of the year it's at a loss, very, very different than a business that produces a positive cash flow cycle month on month. Yeah, a mate of mine manufactures uh, performance parts for cars and I remember years ago him ramping up and putting like two, three months worth of revenue into stocking at a larger warehouse. So he lost money for three months just to stock a warehouse. So he had more goods to sell because he was growing. And I'm like, yeah, profit first out the window. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't apply because it's like, well, I need to do this in order to sell more. Otherwise, I won't, I'll be sort of held back based on where the business is at and the stock that I have on. Completely. All right, so we get out my three reports at the start of the month. I have a – like I literally will schedule in a half an hour to go through them and compare them to other things. My bookkeeper and accountant have made sure the metrics that I've told them are important or they know are aligned to my goals are like highlighted or bold or anything so I can easily find them. And then I'm spending time going through them and understanding what's changed. Yeah. All right. So the key thing I would get people to think about, and this comes from Keith Cunningham, is like the decisions I've made in my business in the previous month or months – or even years, are now showing up in these reports. So if I made the decision to hire three people last month, then I look over here and I say, hey, my profit's down because we have these extra salaries. That would be an example of a decision I've made turning into something on the reports. Yep. And I'm, I, I also like asking myself, is there anything unexpected here? Like, because I think that trains me to go, okay, well, am I consciously making decisions that I'm, are now being reflected in my reports? Or did something catch me here? Because I was like, oh, why are these annual softwares coming out at this point? How did I not know about that? Because I think that's giving me skills to go with it. And then it's also helping me forecast, well, what decisions could I make differently next month if I want the reports to look differently? It, it's interesting. I, I'm going to go, because I like that as a feedback loop. So if we extract out uh, from what I'm about to walk through, so it's like, great, you've got your goal defined and you've got your business model defined. 
And then it kind of moves into a feedback loop, right? Which is I need to talk to my bookkeeper or my accountant around the goals that I want. And that that's typically a very difficult question for most business owners because I, th- I feel like a lot of them don't know what goals they're going for, which is just a, a question they've just never had to ask or think about or even feel like they needed to communicate to somebody else, even if they had the goals. So I love that of just going, great, I'm going to push that back to somebody like a, a Matty, um, who's a bookkeeper that we had on the podcast. So cool, I'm going to push that to Matt and say, these are the goals I'm looking for. The next one is making sure that he provides me with the report every single month that I need to assess. Now, the one thing that I would do, if, if anyone's listening to this and you're going, well, I don't understand what Charlie you're mentioning around cash flow balance sheet or PL slash income statement, jump on the call with him for like every single month. And I would do that until I'm so comfortable in my ability to read them and just say, okay, Matt, I obviously cared about, I don't know, maybe making $10,000 of profit a month. Walk me through how I have missed this this month or how I've hit it? What are the things that I am not doing that you usually see businesses that are the same business model that have a similar goal that they do? And I've, I've had insights uh, at one of the other companies in in software where the accountant slash bookkeeper has walked through and said, your employee expenses are way too high for this business model. Like you were burning more money here and that is impacting your bottom line and then we have a conversation about, it. okay, well, that's why we're going for growth. Or you know what? Maybe we are. What am I missing? And to your point, Charlie, it's I'm not charging enough. Or maybe we're doing, maybe we're too heavily loaded on delivery costs. Maybe we're too much of this. But actually talking to the people that do this for a living allows you to get a little bit of their benchmarking to compare what you've got. And then talking to them and going, okay, well, what would you change in order to achieve more? For us business owners, usually I just go, you just sell more, Charlie. <laughs> just sell more. But a lot of the time, the answer is no. Yeah, so right? get ready for this, right? Oh, Grant, a personal trainer looks at your diet or a nutritionist and he goes, oh, look, dude, you're just eating too many carbs. Yeah. Like, So you can see that like – and I use health because I think most people are getting pretty health savvy these days. Like I know some maybe may not be. But it's like it would. I think it's such a simplistic way to think about it is the bookkeeper can easily look at it and just go, oh, man, you need to eat more protein. It is like, oh. Okay. Got to eat some fats. There's too many calories overall here. Yeah. Like again, we I think we've forgotten. We know how to manage our health. All of us are doing these things. It's like, but there's just that learning curve to get through. As soon as you understand that, and I'll just use macros to your point is like, if you know what the protein, carbs, and fats are in your business, and you knew how to manipulate them to change the result you got with your weight, like how powerful would that be? Immensely. But then I'd also have that skill set for because uh, you and I are in a very fortunate situation where we've seen financial statements so often that we can almost identify the root cause really quickly, right? Just because we've seen most of the problems, just like in your example, the person and trainer can. So I'm not going to always have the same problems. So having somebody who has seen so many of these, like a bookkeeper, goes, um, Charlie, you're just eating too many carbohydrates in that scenario. And then, great, da, 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 two months of just improve, improve. Oh, no, now you've hit a plateau because you're not drinking enough water or you're not pushing enough weight. Great, now tweak that. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, two months later. Okay, cool. Now we've kind of hit the goal. Like, where are we going to go to next? Okay, oh, you want a little bit more profit or you want to scale a little bit more? Great, this is what we're going to look at. And just continuing on that path. I think that is the best way that I would recommend everybody to learn 
and read the financial reports. Uh, in addition to that, I think another great question is like, okay, Matt, or okay, bookkeeper, what am I not looking at that I should be looking at? Because obviously I've got a goal that's saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for. We're looking across uh, the three sort of um, financial statements that you're referring to. What in these statements should I just be aware of as well? They might not be the root causes, but you're just saying, hey, this is a little bit off. Just be cautious about this. Because I think that's going to continue to improve the education as opposed to, hey, I want more profit and just focusing on costs. <laughs> or, hey, I want more profit and focusing on sales. So what about these other things? Like, is my account receivable too long? Like, is it, like should I be bringing that down to 14-day payments instead of 90 days, right? Where you might not intuitively know that, but if you asked a bookkeeper, hey, what are the other things that I should be t- trying to improve, they'll be able to pull that out for you and say, hey. I'm going to say maybe I think we're being dangerous with how we do that because we know of like Matt, for example, who's very talented. I don't think every bookkeeper is equipped to actually, answer those a, skills. Just, I really want to put point. that in. And same with the accountants. Like <clears> I know an accountant who's amazing at getting your tax down, but he's the worst accountant in the world if you ever want to borrow money to buy a house because he will make you look broke as fuck <laughs> in the eyes of the banks. So how would you approach that situation then? Yeah, so I, I almost think you need a, I'll call it a tripod. Can we go for it? We'll Holy Trinity, no, that's gooses. Oh. <laughs> a trifecta. <laughs> trifecta. Go for the trifecta. All right, so the finance team, absolutely. And you would want to vet your finance team to make sure they do have experience with business owners like you to uh, hopefully be able to get some of these great insights. I think your peers is another section. So to the point you made one earlier about, um, I won't name the gentleman, but you took um, our business numbers to someone and said, how does this compare to what yours is? And we found out there was our um, one of our costings was very different to theirs. Yep. So I think peers are really helpful here. And people that are in the full stack community is like, if you know someone who's got a similar business model to yours within this community, or Grant and I have experience with, like the spot, the difference is so powerful. So you can compare your own reports to your own previous month, but you can also compare your reports to what other business owners are doing. That's a great point. Yeah, spot the difference I think is a really, really powerful one. And then a third one I'll throw in here for like the education component. One of the things that um, I think is really powerful is actually um, I did uh, what they call fundamental analysis for share trading. Um, I did a course on it. Sounds dry, Charlie. (laughs) It is pretty dry, I won't lie. But do you know one of the things they do? And like for those that don't know, fundamental analysis is like let's say I was looking at, uh, I don't know, buying shares in McDonald's. Like how would I make a decision about like what the value of this company actually is? You would go in and look at the fundamentals of this company, which one of those components would be the financial reports. Mm-hmm. So if you were to, and you could jump on YouTube right now and type in fundamental analysis of a company, and you would literally get someone walking through the finances of that company. So I think one of the like things that could be really powerful is like you layer up with something like that. Now, mm. they're obviously not going to be uh, a business that's maybe comparable to yours. Like McDonald's isn't comparable to what I do. But at the same time, if you were to watch a few of them, I think that helps people understand, again, just it's another perspective of seeing like how do bodybuilders train. I'm never going to be a bodybuilder, but you know what's interesting? To see what the difference is from like a guy who's trying to win the Olympia yeah. versus a guy who's trying to win a marathon. And I'm not trying to do either of them, but it's like you can see that understanding – how they're going about things can still offer you a great perspective. And so uh, I think I love that point about going back to your network and talking to them and actually getting their 
was it the compar the comparables uh, going back to school? The if I was to talk to people as well around how they should approach this, um, I, I always want to come back to the consistent improvement, right? Like I'm not a ten out of ten on anything yet, maybe one day. But if you think that you have just mastered financial, like ah, cool, I'm done. Like you're just gonna fall behind. And so I think just constant iteration and improvements on top of it, whether that is to your point, Charlie, going onto YouTube and looking at it, buying a course, buying books, trying to educate yourself more and more just so that you can understand it to identify issues as you progress. I think that is key. And we do it in a lot of aspects in our business, but I think uh, a lot of people, because finance books are usually pretty dry, we kind of don't do it. Um, so finding the education method that sort of suits you is key. But you mentioned an interesting point as well, which was like putting in the reps. Like you're never going to get this thing done right. Like it's not like if you cut carbs out for a week, you're going to lose the weight and keep it off. No, no, you've got to keep doing it, put in the reps until you start seeing some of those results. Right? Oh, so if you just continue Such a good point. It, yeah, continue doing it, continue talking to people. Like I will talk to people, as you mentioned, about, hey, like, and I'll usually use a percentage as opposed to a number because I don't want to go to someone and say, hey, Charlie, like, what's your profit? Because that's so specific or like, what is your team costs? But I'll use like a percentage like, hey, like, do you mind if I understand a little bit more? Our businesses are similar around like the percentage of your delivery costs. What percent do you pay typically in marketing? What percent do you do in sales? What percent do you kind of do in profit? Because people are so willing. And as a matter of fact, I can remember three conversations in probably the last 10 days of that exact question of like, what percentage are you kind of looking at with profit at the moment uh, across your entire business? Because that is a great barometer of me going, hey, we're very similar. How are we going? And I'll be completely transparent back and I'll say, hey, like, this is where we're at. But it's just helping me identify more of the things that I might be missing and going, well, interesting what else? <laughs> Where else are you at? And again, those percentages would align to the goal that I'm going for. And I'd always look for people who have similar business models to your point, Charlie. Yeah. Can I share one that like this actually like messed with me? I'd gotten to a point, let's say, where I was really good at managing my um, the business model I had. So let's, it's the agency business model. Like I knew what metrics to look for. I know what good looks like. I knew what bad looks like. I was in a really good uh, flow with it and still am to this day. When I started investing in property though, it's like I was suddenly playing a different game and financial management in there, I had to go re-go through an education process. I had to, even though I had good financial management here, when the business model and goal changed, I, the education was required. Yes. So um, in the agency model, it's very cash flow positive. It's, um, I looked at that and gone, well, this is great. I know exactly what to do. There's no debt. In uh, my property business, which I think of as a business, suddenly in this case, I've got $4 million worth of debt. Yeah. It's a completely different financial management skill required when you have that in a business. And again, you, the value of the assets on the balance sheet versus an agency, very different. Yeah. Profit first would not apply there. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, no, that I, was I'm good. trying. That was... Not, it was really good, but <laughs> I'm trying not to keep crapping on it. I really am. <laughs> I'll do it. Now it's transferred. Yeah, but again, the same. I use the same financial process. I get reports for them every month. I'm comparing things, but and I'm also, again, applying peers and education and all the rest of it to being great at it. But that change for me was massive because mm. we're not always getting the profit out. You might get a gain in the property business from an asset going up in value. 
Like I did a subdivision and then the value of that asset went up uh, substantially. Like that's where I should be measuring a win there. I don't measure that uh, transaction of going, oh, profit first. Yeah. What am I getting? Barefoot investor, which bucket do I put this one into? Like it's <laughs> it's not the game I'm playing. And again, not to like I do think those books have probably helped a lot of people. But in the full stack community, this is where I think being full stack is the way to play it. Yeah. And the people that it has helped have kind of taken them from a one to a three in that scenario, not like a three to a nine or a one to a nine. Like that is not everything. That is just better than nothing. <laughs> but it's just and for people who are listening to this, like they are obviously going for the win not going for better, they're going for best. And I'm going to wrap this one up on a quote, Charlie, as well, because I love this one from Albert Einstein. And it says that the true crisis is the crisis of incompetence. The greatest fault with people is the laziness with which they attempt to find solutions to their problems. Just let that one sink in, yeah? <laughs> so, so many business owners ignore finances and try and outsource it to an accountant and a bookkeeper to the point of incompetence. And that is the biggest reason why they just do not get the success out of their business. I thought, I thought that was a good one. I, I, I wanted to – I was, wasn't going to say anything, so we actually finished on that quote because I felt like it was such a good quote. But, <laughs> I needed the, but I'm here now. <laughs> I needed the verbal feedback, Charlie. That's all I needed. All right, I'm going to wrap this one up. I just want to say thank you for everybody tuning in. And I will say again, if you want to submit your questions or actually, you know what, if you do want to talk about finances or anything like that, there are two ways to do it. First one is just hit reply to Charlie's newsletter emails. Uh, he's more than happy to respond back to you, pick up those questions, bring them into the podcast, etc. Or the second way is head over to the Facebook group. It is Full Stack Business Owner Community over on Facebook. Ask questions over there, um, even share some of your percentages or some of your sort of finance stuff and we're more than happy to help. Again, this is the way that we all improve together. Uh, and if you did enjoy the show or you know other people who might be having a challenge around good financial management, be sure to send over the link. Um, they will be greatly appreciative and we will be appreciative as well. And I just want to say thank you for joining us and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.